welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook. Welcome to uh, this episode of Fleet Geeks. Uh, Mike, Jamie and myself are here ready to roll and uh, we're really excited to be talking about environment and culture today. Uh, one of the, and, and strangely some people will go, hang on, are those two things linked together? Well, uh, I believe they are and I think, I think we do as well. So we're just going to have a bit of a chat through those and actually it's quite timely um, because I want to rave from the rooftops about uh, a decision that Flagship Partners made recently which was to uh, sign up for Ecology which uh, as part of this conversation we'll talk a bit more about but we're really proud to say that we are now a climate positive workforce here at Flagship. Um, so culture. Let's start with that because it's slightly this fuzzy type thing that we don't talk too much about in the transport sector. What is culture, according to you guys? I'm, I'm open, opening up the conversation. I don't know the definition. I'm just racking my brain to think what the definition is. I'm just thinking about something that grows on you. You'll eat your left in the fridge for <laughs> too long, but I'm sure that there's another Well, that's actually, it's actually, that's actually quite a good growth, example, isn't it? Growth is a, is a culture, isn't it? Culture of growth, I suppose the two words do link in, doesn't it? So... Uh, I don't know what is the, the dictionary definition of culture, but for me it means uh, a kind of a, a set of values, principles, yes. growth kind of mindset. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, no. Perfect. So I've, I've just had a bit of a look at it on Google, and, and this aligns very much with uh, what, what I think. So um, the ideas, customs and social behaviour of a particular yeah, people yeah. or society, societal behaviour. So... Uh, in your business, what does that mean? Well, that's it's the it's the it's the stuff that you feel without seeing in your culture. It is the culture within your business uh, or within your clients' business, and it's the it's the sum of the interactions between the people in the organisation, and it's basically how things are done around yeah. here. I think you can uh, see it. To be fair, because if well, a good health and safety culture, you would see that. Well, no, that's true. No, you're probably right. Yeah, to be fair, it's largely, largely intangible, isn't it? But no, that, that, it is very much uh, visible from a health and safety point of view in, a, in an organisation. But I think, uh, I think it's very much the it's it's the accepted modus operandi, 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 uh, the mo for for an organisation. And uh, interestingly, I think people have such a large impact on that and various people and one person will leave a group of people and then another person will join and all of a sudden that culture will shift ever so you know you see this cultural shift intentionally or unintentionally which i think is largely uh is largely a thing because in a lot of businesses i think the culture particularly in the fleet sector i would say largely speaking the culture isn't something that's nurtured. It isn't something we've ever really spoken about. Um, and uh, I, I would say the companies that do things well and the companies that do things poorly, both ways, it's largely unintentional. And it's and it's reflective on their on their current culture, what they've got, uh, what they've got growing in their business. Now, you know, people might be listening to this and thinking, well, this is a you know this modern mumbo jumbo, but it's not really, is it modern? Because you know, if you think back a few years ago, if you came across, I don't know. Fred Blobs and Fred Blobs have been working at Smith and Company for twenty years. People would say of, of, of Fred, you know, if you if you cut his arm, he would bleed. Uh, Smith and Company. So it's kind of that that sort of entrenched sort of set of behaviours and beliefs 
um, that have, you know that, that grow within a within a business and within an organisation. So I don't think it's anything new, particularly, is it? Not uh, not really. No, I, I I don't think so. It's certainly something that's been well. It's been it's been throughout our our, our history. We've just got to look at history for different the different cultures that uh, the the people the leaders have have, have created. And um, it's interesting because, as, as you say, actually, the, the culture is often what dictates people's behaviour. Um, you've, uh, you've only got to look at the Nazis as an example, oh, yeah, you know, where the culture, culture has led, led the behaviour. What do you reckon, Jay? No, yeah, definitely, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you talk about going back to the workplace a bit. Where I used to work, the, the guys that had been there years had a culture of how it was, and it sort of didn't mix with how we was. So, you know, they used to, and I don't want to name, name the company, but they, we would say, oh, they're, they're from the old workplace, that's why they work, like they're a bit slow, a bit more. Um, it's, it's their culture, it's how they worked, it, was, uh, it wasn't the modern way, we had we was sort of being brought up to work, but that was their culture, so they'd always done it. And it, it, was, it definitely was, you could see in the workshop where I worked, the, the difference between the two cultures. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, you can, have a, you can have two cultures in a workplace and really. And, that, and that's, that's, that's another really, really good example because actually you see the culture clashes between different generational yeah. differences in, would, in a business yeah, as well. They wouldn't want to use, we, you know, we've got the laptops to plug into the camera system, canvas system, they didn't want to know any of that. Yeah, that was yeah. Their, their culture was well, hit it with a big hammer and uh, yeah, 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 hit it, hit it, and hope for the yeah. best. Oh, me mechanic. Oh. Yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> it's not the size of your hammer; it's nowhere to hit it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I knew we'd have a bit of fun with this one. Anyone, anyone who's not sure of, um, I, I, there's a really powerful video I actually share as part of the the ment- ment- strangely the mental health training when I start to talk about culture and I talk about people's environment and and their upbringing. And uh, I don't know if any of you have seen it, but but please do watch it's uh, Simon Sinek and he talks about millennials um, and he talks about millennials in the workplace and uh, their their life experiences and how that goes to clash potentially with what's called the Gen Xers and even the baby boomers um, in in the different generational workplaces and, and largely speaking and you see it all the time in the fleet sector you'll see uh, old school drivers and remember, the average age of an HGV driver is something like 56, 57 yes, plus. Yeah. So they're going to be very early Gen Xers, potentially some baby boomers in there as well. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they see the millennials as snowflakes. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. And, and it's just the cultural difference. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, I watched a program last night on the, on the Royal Marines and there was a, a, a 17-year-old who passed out had done a marine test and you think well that's not exactly snowflake generation there is it really so mm. it's our, our beliefs I'm just trying to think what I'm just trying to try to figure out what I would be I'm going to let that Permeating my brain. Oh, hello, Pete's googling I'm, it now. I am. I am. I'm getting Google out so we can we can work yeah, out no, generation what, X. What generation you are, but yeah, it, it does define. I had an interesting conversation the other day with somebody who uh, sixty five. Sixty four. Oh, I'm on my borderline then. So so baby, yeah, baby boomers oh, are pre sixty five oh. and post sixty five is I Gen X. I can have my foot in either court. That's yeah. Which one suits you? Yeah, I can. I could go in either. And millennials, if you're unsure, Jay kicked in at eighty-one, which I think is around. Yeah. Millennial, yeah. Yeah, but I think. Um, see, the thing is, is interestingly, I kind of see. I can see Jamie's on the edge of Gen X and millennial. Because I, I think millennial, the millennials kind of became more. I think the the traits became more exacerbated. The 
the later in the 80s they'd have been born because they'd have had much more time growing up around yeah. social media and yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and and the internet and, and that well, kind of the, stuff. I, I, it's kind of running from that. This this I had a conversation with somebody from uh, who, who who basically administ- administers exams, and we were talking about getting rid of uh, or or phasing out written notes. And a lot of people were, you know, a lot of people in on the meeting was, oh no, we can't do that, we can't do that. It, it, it wouldn't be something that we can, you know, we can ever do. There's people who like to see notes, written notes. And this, this young lad, very bright young lad, he said, he said, you've got to understand, he said, for me to, to, me to read a piece of paper is as odd as for, to ask you to read something that comes on a device, you know. So you, you've got to think about it from the other person's point of view, haven't you? Yes. You know, to give him to give him a set of papers would be just as odd as giving me a tablet and telling me to read it from the tablet. You know, so we have to we have to make that sort yeah, of yeah, absolutely. Right. I think that organisation organisational empathy is very important. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I, I would I would see people print stuff off to read it. Yeah, uh, yeah. In my old job, definitely they'd be like. Which which brings us beautifully into the environment yeah, side yeah. of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the environment. So um, again, a very generational thing because I think um, uh, particularly the younger generation seem to be very engaged in the environment well, and want to take a, a quick story. My daughter's well, just turning eight, and. Uh, I showed her a thing about the red arrows, and her first comment was, wasn't, oh, that's amazing. It was, well, that's not very good for the environment. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, <laughs> isn't it? They look at it totally but differently to us. Yeah, exactly. It's what they're, that's, what, that's the culture that, you're right, that's what they've been brought up to think of. Think more about the environment. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. Flagship Partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfil their work. If you're interested in support with any of our safety, HR or compliance services or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver CPC training, give us a call today. I was going to say, I've certainly got a story of my son, uh, Roman. He... uh, being very categoric towards someone he saw drop some litter on the floor about literally he was totally disgusted yes. the boy's 10 but he was absolutely disgusted by the behavior of uh, of a much older uh, person who had uh, yeah just uh, dropped dropped rubbish on the floor so um yeah i think uh, you know we all know uh, uh, and have seen the memes of greta thunberg on uh, uh, sort of uh, largely made infamous on on the internet particularly by I'd say older generation. I yeah, know. Yeah. I know. If I was to bring Greta Thunberg up during a driver CPC class, yeah. uh, I would be uh, particularly if I was supportive of that. I'd be lambasted. Yeah. Interestingly. Yeah. That's because I think the, the media of, of the, you know the, it's black and white to them. It's if you're an environmentalist, then the next thing you're going to go and do is glue yourself to a to an oil tanker or go and protest on the M25 or or, or follow that particular young lady, but. You can be an environmentalist with, without, without kind of that, you know. People have been environmentalists for years. You know, David Attenborough wants to protect the natural environment. We, we, we don't want to see, you know, species disappear. We don't want to see rivers become clogged and polluted. Uh, but that doesn't mean necessarily we're going to come glue ourselves to the M25. Um, although you might as well, because nothing moves really very fast <laughs> on the M25, <laughs> does it? Very safe, not going to get run over, yeah. yeah. 
so I think you know I think this 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 notion that you either in you know where's the middle is we love these um, at the moment divisions don't we we're either extremely one side or extremely the other side of a debate but I think many of us and I'm as we've just discovered a gen X or possibly even a baby boomer I've, I've been an environmentalist in that respect for years you know I love the countryside I love wild nature and birds and, and, and animals so you know does that make me want to go and glue myself to the M25 no it doesn't you know but it's still there it's, isn't it? it's, it's very tricky in our sector I think I, I was just having a look whilst you're speaking there at Extinction Rebellion you know so you've got uh, these activists or environmental activists who largely can really really disrupt our sector mm. um, and cause people a lot of headaches um, and particularly their behaviour can be very childish and and, and um, you know that they would argue that they're they're trying to you know get people to wake up and listen and and that kind of thing um, and uh, you know that they're being very honourable in in what they're doing and there's kind of this <clears throat> action that we all need to take collectively to, to to stop ruining stop ruining the planet and to help protect the environment and and to do our thing and um, it's uh, it's important to find that that sort of respectable uh, middle ground I suppose where you know I'm, I'm conscious that I don't want to alienate anyone but interestingly um, as I uh, alleged earlier I uh, we signed up to ecology it's, it's something that's very important to me that we have um, as a goal with flagship partners and as, as, a, as a leader one of the the dents that I want to make or the impact that I want us to make is around people planet and profit so the idea being is that if we look after the people in our business and our people look after the people in our clients businesses um, then ultimately we create great cultures and, and we create great working environments that are safe we create safer roads and that's part of the impact that we're doing and then you've got the the planet element that we're helping to support operators to be um, more more thoughtful and more proactive in the way that they're they're improving efficiencies because actually it helps improve their profitability as well um, you know the the less resource they're using then potentially the more profitable they can be and then finally the profit thing because as long as we're making profit at the other end we can start to re reuse that force for good back through again it's like a cycle of the people planet profit if you continue to make profit through it you're able to sort of go go the way through and a lot of people think profit's a dirty word but ultimately you need to be able to make it to make an impact in the world because then you can you know that 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 those finances the the people element and the the planet element cost money they, they take investment interesting to say that in the news bp profits and the windfall tax Yeah, you need you, you need to invest profits to be able to make differences. If you've got no, if there's no profits left at the end, then there, there's nothing. We can't we can't drive change. We can't make improvements. We can't make progression. Um, so it, so it is absolutely vital. So I don't I don't want to sort of land on that for too long. But certainly uh, from an environmental point of view, we. I decided that uh, I wanted uh, the, the the company to be. It, it meant something to me for us to have that climate positive workforce, and that for you guys to have that as as team members. So we've signed up to Ecology. Who, if if you go and have a look online, uh, they they plant trees around the world, right? And um, we uh, we we give part part uh, a donation, which is then is then utilised elsewhere, and we're able to be. Uh, you know, it's offsets the the carbon usage that we uh, that we use as a as a business and as people uh, individually as well and um, I think uh, it, it 
what it does is it starts to show that commitment. And one of the things we can start to look at is actually the impact we have with uh, our customers as well. Uh, but interestingly, I shared that on social media yesterday. And of all of the posts I've done in the last week, it got the least interaction. Because oh, really? <laughs> yeah. interestingly, what? Do, I don't think people give a fuck. <laughs> Which is very, you know, it's very strange. We're existing in this world and I don't know if people think, you know, I I expected, interestingly, I actually expected uh, that post to do really, really well and it didn't. So that was good feedback for me because I realised that actually the... It, it goes. It showed me that actually the the industry that we operate in and, and the people that I'm connected with on LinkedIn actually it's maybe not as high up their agenda as we like to think. So therefore, I need to approach the way we communicate the environment side in a different way. In our, in our industry, it can be seen as cost at times. Can't it's it? going to cost us, yeah. If it's, if it's green, it's going to cost us. That's, that's, that's how people view it, don't they? But I mean, my, my own personal experiences was uh, with... Because ultimately, this is leading to the, the question of what are we going to do as an industry? What can we do... And I think there'll be people out there who are quite rightly are saying, well, you know, there is no alternative at the moment to, to the diesel, you know, to the, to the combustion engine. Um, you know, how are we going to move 44 tonnes around with, with, with an electric motor? You know, it, it's not going to happen, is it? Not now. But, you know, go back 20 years and we wouldn't have said that about, you know, the, even the smallest of gains that we've, that we've had. And, you know, where I was working for local authority, we were early adopters of, electric vehicles and you know when we first started using electric cars and then then we moved to electric vans and okay we didn't use electric trucks apart from road sweepers and stuff uh you know it, that, that's kind of a quite a big a big jump and a big bump up so we're, we're gonna as an industry i think we we know that it's going you know we know we are going down that route so we need to be prepared don't we fellas there's things we can do now so isn't there with diesel that is drivers switching their engines off rather than even ticking over and that's a cultural thing isn't it absolutely yeah yeah just, just thinking about it, it yeah. just making that person you know if their culture if it, you know they, they know that that's the oh, right thing to do it's not just because i'm being told to do it yeah, exactly. it's the right thing to yeah. do uh, absolutely and, and i think it's, is it you you'll know better than i do is it four liters uh, uh, 0.8 liters 0.8 liters in a I was going to say, the, the number so I always gallon. share is it's, uh, yeah, idling's nearly a gallon an hour. Yeah, yeah 0.8 gallons. 0.8 yeah, in an hour. Huge, isn't what's it? The cost, yeah. <laughs> what's the cost of a gallon? Yeah, yeah. yeah. huge. Huge, and so I, I, think, I think there's a lot of environmental savings that can be made. You know, I've just, um, interestingly, uh, like, like you, you say, sort of in your fleet manager's role, we've just helped a client get their ISO 14001, which is the environmental uh, standard. The environmental standard. <laughs> um, and as part of doing that, we, you know, we were looking at, it's not just like the light switching off, it's, it's also what can we do to reduce water usage and, mm-hmm. and the, the driver training that we're implementing around fuel efficiency and the gains there. It's about reviewing our utilities bills and um, what we can do to, uh, to impact those. So uh, people will start to fall asleep, I think, as I talk about it. But ultimately, environment and culture are very, very closely mixed because it's the behaviour the culture is created by the behaviour of people and if we're going to have an impact on the environment, we also need to look at the, the behaviour of people. And I, I like this podcast because it's given us the opportunity just to start that conversation because I think as an industry, we need to have more cultural conversations and we need to uh, have more environmental conversations. Uh, right, coach, as well, I was on an environmental course uh, when I was working for Patera and interestingly, we were talking about how much we recycled as a business 
mm-hmm. and you flipped on its head and said, "Do you need it in the first place?" You know, it's a, do you it costs energy to recycle yeah. these things. Yeah. Um, you know, can you can you get away with not needing that whatever it was in the first place? It's really. And then you're looking at profitability. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. so intrinsically yeah, linked. Yeah. It's so intrinsically linked. Yeah. I mean, for years and years and years, we've all. I mean, twenty five plus years. It's been. It's been. You know, on every sort of driving course, a better driving course that I've ever been on or I've been involved with, it's always been that the more efficient driver is also the safer driver. Absolutely. So, you know, there's a safety element to it as well. And, and you know, so there's all sorts of benefits that we probably don't, and, we don't appreciate. Uh, you know, I think the, the, the safety culture element is probably one for another podcast, but I'll just, I'll just place this here. And that is that a lot of the time we look at people doing stupid shit that causes accidents. But actually, I am a firm, firm believer that people are victims of the environment. They're, they're victims of the culture of the business they work in because you can see people change. They'll work in one business and how we do things around here is where a hive is and we follow the rules and we follow the principles and we're shit scared of getting bollocked for not doing the right thing. Um, but actually, it creates the right sort of behaviours. They look after each other, they care about each other, they have safety conversations and take that person out of that business where the culture's that way and you put him inside another cult, another business where there's no training, there's no safety culture, There's they do what they want and do as they please and they cut corners and do everything as quickly as possible and productivity's the the key thing, productivity, profit at the expense of all else and at the expense of quality. And all of a sudden, that guy gets his hand chopped off. It's not the person, is it? No, absolutely. It's the culture of the business. So anyway, on that bombshell, um, I'm going to leave that there. And I think safety culture might be one for another episode. What do you reckon? Brilliant. All right. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And uh, yeah, catch you all on the next one. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.